This is a HeadGum Podcast. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, Halflings! It's me, Jasper William Cartwright, and I am joined today by... Hi, my name is Olivia, but you can call me Liv. Uh, I was just uh, struck by the fact that it was such a smooth intro, Jasper, and I, I've missed you because I've Aww. been trying to do the intros, and it's been horrendous for everyone. So thank you so much for being <laughs> Liv, here. Uh, you reached heights you never before hi. reached. Like, That's true. And lows never before reached. That's true. Yes. The <laughs> highest the highest pitch sounds that have ever been heard on this, hey, on look, this show. Yes. Mr. Average is back, okay? So don't worry <laughs> about it. I got you covered. Uh, Vanilla is the most popular flavor for a reason. Everybody Heck loves yeah. it. Whoa, there you go. okay, Jeremy, you've crossed the line. You've crossed the line on Three Black Halflings calling me vanilla, sir. That is too far. Everybody loves vanilla. <laughs> too, too far, sir. <laughs> okay, sorry, and... Rocky Road. <laughs> I accept. Uh, and I'm Jeremy Cobb. <laughs> <laughs> Sheldon Wynn Bradley calls me Jeremy. Oh, it's Jer- Jeremy Jeremy. That's what it is. Oh, okay. Jeremy Jeremy. Uh, it has some, to be said with guttural sounds. You gotta get some, yeah, got to uh, And uh, Spanish like ours. Okay, so, Spanish like ours. I love the yeah. fact that Spanish, we have stage directions Welsh. being added yeah. in now. Uh, what are we doing today, Jeremy? We are about to do an interview. We have guests mm. here, everyone. Guests what? from Roll20. We <gasps> have the, 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 the VTT the that Roll almost 20. all of you have probably used, uh, and some of you oh, might yeah. even be working on right now. Uh, we have Andrew Searles, the product manager, and Morgan Buck, the CTO. Hi. Hello, hey. Welcome to the I'm show. So glad to be Welcome. Here. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. The wrong dungeon and the wrong dragons. <laughs> Full prince vibe. Woof. <laughs> this makes them even more black. Cake glitches and bitches. And lands in the cusp of a teaspoon. Oh, no. On a nat 20. No. You think this is just a game? That's disgusting and I love it. Yeah. We're about to get into something real big now. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Uh, so you all, uh, I guess we always start uh, our interviews w- by asking about your nerd origin story, because this Ooh. is a nerdy show. And frankly, Roll20 is a nerdy site. Uh, yeah. So please, how, what is your nerdy origin story? Were you born to this? Uh, did you choose this life? Did you have to find it at a later age? Please tell us. 
Or was it foisted upon you? Yes. Uh, I think that I, I think that I fall in the foisted category. So I was in the second grade, and my best friend's older brother was running a campaign of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and other strangeness. And oh, for whatever reason, wow, this cool. you know twelve year old decided that he needed to test out the campaigns that he was running, and so he recruited the two eight year olds to uh, to, <laughs> to test his material on. Uh, so I got started really early. I started buying my own books right then around second or third grade, played a lot of Palladium games before uh, getting into other stuff. And, and then that ended up being my like ticket into the gaming circles and the nerdy groups in in uh, in late elementary school, because uh, uh, the the uh, this guy sheepishly comes up to me one day and says, uh, I, I have this book. It was D&D second edition. Uh, and I can't figure out the rules to it, but I heard you knew how to play these games. <laughs> <laughs> you had the connect. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I taught them how to I play D and love the ambition. I love the ambition of this twelve-year-old as well, being like, "Yeah, you know who's a reliable audience? Eight-year-olds." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can't even tell the dice apart. <laughs> yeah. uh, and what about you, Andrew? <clears throat> yeah. Well, um, it was a dark and stormy night, and <gasps> I was born into a household that played D and D. Um, and, uh, through a tumultuous start, um, I, I eventually got my, my mom actually taught me how to play D and D when I was, uh, yeah. Um, I remember sitting on the living room floor with just like books all around me. It's one of the ways I learned how to read or why I wanted to learn how to read. Oh, wow. Yeah. I I just, um, it, it hooked me right away. Um, just the, the possibilities and the, the level advancements and man, I just, I soaked it all up. Oh, I tried running a campaign when I was young and, uh, it was disastrous. All of my mom's friends who were like many, many, like tens of years older than I was all just sort of like, let me go with it. But it was just disastrous. Um, but yeah. (laughs) TTRPG kiddos, uh, absolutely Mm. rock spelling bees. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. Like, guess, sure. Guess which, uh, you know, 10-year-old knows how to spell equipment. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Absolutely. Plus, also, yeah. I feel like you'd get used to some pretty weird letter combinations yeah. with all the, like, spells and stuff mm-hmm. that are just, like, yeah. you know, I'm like, like, a kid that can spell tensors is probably pretty good <laughs> spelling other random, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like, yeah. like, tensors floating disc, I'm like, Okay, yeah. you could probably... Although it did really backfire on like Thacko, and I was like, "Don't you not know what Thacko is?" My teacher's like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, uh, that's amazing! I'm not sure. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> when, and so your journeys have since uh, brought you to Roll Twenty, which I would actually uh, love to hear about the history of Roll Twenty as as a site, because as I started playing, I think in 2018, and I think it mm-hmm. already existed when I started playing. But I know oh, yeah. very little about its origins or where it came from. Yeah, I think people would love to hear about that. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to get dates wrong here because I did not prep my notes. But uh, basically, uh, what happened was that the three founders of the company, um, uh, Richard, Nolan, and Riley, they were uh, they were high school friends. They uh, they uh, they all played a bunch of D and D. Wait, I'm going to get this wrong. I'm going to get this wrong. Either they played together in high school or they played together in college. 
and either college or the end of college prompted them to like move away from each other. And they were frustrated. They couldn't continue the game that they'd been running. Uh, Riley was a, was a, a programmer and whipped up a little solution for them with a very like rudimentary uh, virtual tabletop space with like no bells and whistles at all. And they started using it. And after using it for a while, and he kept adding little features to it here and there for things to tune it up. Uh, they uh, at a certain point in time, they they were like, well, I, I bet other people want to use this. And they ran a Kickstarter in 2012. Uh, and that Kickstarter is what what got things going. You know, it really just started with the three of them at first. And then, you know, over time, they brought in some contractors. Those contractors eventually became employees when it became a real company and just kind of grew from there. Oh. Amazing. That's and really, like, really cool. 2012 was like around about the time that 5e was coming out, right? So I, I did that. Was that coinciding or was it planned? The or? original game that they started off with that they were playing at the time was a 4e game. Uh, and uh, oh. a, a lot of the a lot of the founders are still really big fans of 4e. Um, but yeah, five, mm. 5e came out just after that. Um, I, I think um, it was several years after the release of 5e that they ended up getting the, an official license. Uh, and that was like oh. the first official license that Roll20 had um, and kind of pivoted to being a company that interacted more directly with publishers. Well, it really makes That's sense so cool. that that a 4E game is what kind of led to the creation, because like in contrast to previous editions, 4E is a lot more tied to like battle maps. So you can't <laughs> just like have a phone, a three way phone call with your friends uh, and do all theater of the mind with 4E <laughs> as easily. So it makes sense. Yeah. That you, yeah, you would need some sort of VTT situation in order to make that work. Mm hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think we should probably aim to have them on at some point because to meet fans of 4E feels like co collecting rare Pokemon cards at this point. <laughs> and we've interviewed a lot so of people true. on this show and I feel like rarely do we get people like, oh yeah, 4E's the best! <laughs> well, and to get so. them on the show, you will have to call them as if they are a Pokemon. Like, yes, Riley, that, I that's... choose you. There we go, boom, and then they're here. Okay, they appear okay, okay. inside the Zoom screen. That's all. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> With that's their, good. like, cry yeah. and everything. <laughs> yeah. That, that sounds like kind of less... Um, uh pokemon maybe a bit more bloody mary yeah, like, that's true yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get to capture them first that's the step we skip <laughs> yeah, if they are the truly pokemon we have... we'd have to track them down <laughs> these <laughs> legendary yeah. pokemon yeah. and capture them and then bring them onto the yeah. show yeah i've just sent so... them an email warning them of this plan. perfect great yeah there's yeah. there's three black oh, halflings right. currently trying to find you if you see one uh black guy in a trench coat be be wary yes, <laughs> it's, it's actually three, three in there <laughs> it's gonna be us three um i'd love to just just ask you guys about like starting with roll 20 like where did the journey begin for you guys did you start um you know kind of working in the kind of jobs you are now or, or you know if you've been there for for a while um uh, maybe a throw to you andrew and then and then morgan yeah um so i have been a product manager for a long time in a lot of different industries and um i a while ago i made the choice of like i want to I want to be a product manager, not of like banking things or insurance or healthcare things that are somewhat mm -hmm. boring. Um, and I want to do something fun, something that is in my wheelhouse and something that I know. And I, I didn't even think that there would be a, a, an opportunity for a product manager at a company like this. Um, I actually did start at D&D Beyond. Um, and went through the, the Wizards acquisition and then have recently started at Roll20 at the beginning of this year. Um, and it, is, it aligns perfectly with what I want to do with the rest of my career, mm -hmm. which is I want, I want to use technology to make all role-playing games, all of them, 
easy to use. And that's for the rest of my career that I've, I've kind of dedicated that, uh, ded awesome. dedicated my career to doing that. So yeah, roll 20 lines with that perfectly. And I'm, I'm so excited to be doing it. Mm. That's really cool. Well, congrats. That yeah. seems like yeah. a really awesome, uh, step to, to have taken so recently as well. That's, that's awesome. <clears throat> Uh, I got started um, in video games, actually, not in tabletop role-playing games. Mm -hmm. So uh, cool. I've been doing a bunch of software development in a bunch of capacities. The story about how I got into software development is also long and convoluted, but uh, I was working at an R&D company and uh, ended up getting a call from a recruiter out of the blue for Riot Games uh, back in 2011. I worked at Riot for a good long time. It's where I kind of went through my management training uh, and uh, got into th this pathway towards technology leadership and also really got to first try my legs out uh, running product on teams. Uh, and then I went from there, did a couple of other things. I worked with a small company called Seismic Games that... Um, contracted uh with uh with a bunch of different companies but i specifically worked with disney imagineering that was a cool fun project uh Whoa, went worked at amazing. nexon for that's a while cool. and spun up uh a new studio with nexon and brought a couple of games through their green light process so just kind of a bunch of different places we weaving my way through the the gaming industry uh and then i uh, got a call kind of out of the blue uh for someone looking for a leadership role at roll 20 i I had an account for Roll20 that I hadn't touched in a while. I had just finally, after uh, you know a couple year hiatus, just being way too heads down with work, had started to get back into TTRPG like maybe three or four years before that. And so that mm. was super exciting. And um, uh, yeah, I, I ended up kind of pivoting my life pretty big and, and, and you know, made a big move with my family out of the LA area when I, when I came to Roll20 and uh, it was a, a big pivot for me, but an exciting one. I also meant coming back to web development, which I hadn't done in over a decade at that point. <laughs> yeah, I should, that's, I should imagine that's like quite a bit different to like game game development. It's yeah. a very different kind of like set yeah. of tools that you're working with. Um, uh, and I guess actually speaking of speaking of tools, maybe uh, we could just jump in, talk a little bit about uh, Roll20. For anyone who is listening who hasn't used Roll20, I mean, A, absolutely wild that you've played TTRPGs and not used Roll20 at some point. I feel like, uh, you know, there's nothing more enjoyable than getting a battle map when I'm doing a, like a live stream and someone's got a battle map mm -hmm. on Roll20. I'm like, yes. Yeah. Um, could you describe what the site is, I guess? And then yeah. how, what, because uh, it doesn't just run D&D, &D, it runs all sorts in fact i think we used it for the quiet year on on mm -hmm. our show before uh could you could you describe kind of if somebody's not familiar with the term vtt with roll 20 yeah. could you describe what it is and then like some of the changes that you've been undergoing uh fairly recently yeah okay um i can i can define it in a couple of ways one is sort of the what you might understand it to be and then how we see it um, and then we can kind of talk about from there. So uh, VTT means virtual tabletop, and it is just that. It is um, your tabletop that you would normally play on, but in a virtual realm. So that that way, the, the, I mean, the general idea there is anything that is available for you on your tabletop while you play in person together is available in a virtual tabletop there as well. And that actually... Um, really brings up uh, most people think of maps when they think of a vtt like oh a vtt has maps not everybody plays with maps and, and in fact a lot of people use our tool in very different ways for example the quiet year um is a sort of map making game together mm. that you can play on roll 20 out of the box um 
you can also, I've, I've played games where I didn't even touch the map feature, but we used character sheets, dice yep. rolling, mm-hmm. chats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and I think actually a... we did that for Harlem Unbound because none of us had played mm-hmm. um, yeah. the, mm-hmm. the game before. And so the, the GM was introducing us all. And so we basically got given like character sheets and stuff like on Roll20. And, you know, it was easy for them to talk through it because, again, like all of the stuff was on there and we could yeah. all see yeah. the same, you know, mm-hmm. we all knew we were looking at the same thing. You know, it wasn't like uh, there was no chance that someone clicked on the wrong link and opened up yeah. the wrong thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, made it a lot easier for sure. Yeah. yeah, so the way we see it, we see what is Roll20, um, specifically the VTT on Roll20, because there's lots of aspects of the, the larger company that we can get into. But specifically, what is the VTT on Roll20? What does it represent to us? And that is creating a game, a place to play your game shared and a shared experience around that. We need a, v, a virtual space to be able to do that. It is very difficult for us to just play over a video conference because it's hard for us to share and to see other people's things. At a table, you, you really do, that table binds everybody together. And that is exactly what we want to do as well, is we want to create a space that binds people together, allows them to play, and gives them the tools that does that. And at, at the moment, that does really, really well with maps. There's a lot of tools there for maps. But in the future, we want other ways that allow people to, just like they would at the table, give them tools to play a number of different games that are played very, very differently. Um, so that that way you can best utilize that space in new and interesting ways. Um, so, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what we hope it will be. Yeah. Mm. And to that point about supporting other game systems, you know, we've got a bunch of, you know, games that don't even use character sheets, uh, like The Quiet Years, an example, uh, Fiasco. uh, For the Queen. For the Queen. We played that uh, with Abria a Mm -hmm. few years ago. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And uh, but then, you know, of those, you know, uh, other TTRPG systems that use it, I think we have just just around 1200 different character sheets in the system, including ones we built and then community contributed character sheets. That's oh, wow. so amazing. So these are like pre gen yeah. that a person could use. Uh, not right, necessarily yeah. pre gens, but yeah, they're they're character sheets that you can load in that you can select when you create a game. Oh, yeah, that's really that's cool. Awesome. I recently ran yeah. uh, a uh, cyberpunk red session on Roll Twenty, and it was really useful for people who, because like the when you're creating a character for the first time in a new system, it's quite overwhelming. But like when you have the tools there in front of you, it really helps. Like having the car- character sheet and mm. like being able to fill it in and know that it's going to be it's right so yeah it's a really helpful tool sure. and the, definitely and the cool like from an accessibility point of view it's it's pretty yes. uh it's pretty amazing like uh especially like if you're learning a new system it can feel super overwhelming so having mm. the kind of resource which lays everything out very kind of cleanly in terms of like all the bits that you'll need you know for the game that way you don't sort of have to worry about having missed anything i think like, yeah. that kind of thing makes mm-hmm. it really really uh really useful and very accessible which is great yeah how many different systems do you have available on Roll20? So as Morgan was saying, we've got about 1,200 character sheets. Mm-hmm. Those, are, um, those are free and available. You create an account, you jump in, you can create a game with any one of those things. There are lots and lots of publishers that we have and lots and lots of content. Um, I actually don't even have a count of the number of publishers that we work with. Um, and then game system as a part of that, because there's lots of publishers that make content for, for different games and, and things like that. But there is a number of content. And so the way that works for a user is I can start up a game for free. I can choose a character sheet of any of the 1,200 games that I want to play. And then I can jump in with that character sheet and just start 
going. The content comes in and, in a compendium and allows me to sort of drag those options in. So some of the more popular games like D&D, you don't have to like write in your spell. You can actually just pull it and add it to your character sheet really easily. Yeah, there's not exactly like a one to one relationship between sheets and game systems. So, you know, we have our official D&D 5e sheet. There are a couple of different community built sheets for for 5e that focus on different things. Um, but, you know, uh, and so it's hard to get an exact number. Uh, it, is, it is less than twelve hundred, but probably more than six hundred. Wow. So wow, basically, cool. if it's a well-known TTRPG, odds are <laughs> you could play it on Roll20. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 Like, that's amazing. Um, oh, I think it's cool. just such an amazing resource right. for the community as well, for people who are building, mm. you know, who are building these CTRPGs and looking for a platform for them. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, it's like the absolutely best of both worlds because, you know, you don't have to, you know, suddenly pay for a ton of shipping and do you know what I mean? <laughs> like all of this kind of stuff for, yeah. for any kind of physical elements uh, to them. I feel like, it, again, just from uh, an accessibility point, but from the creator point of view as well, that's seems like a really awesome uh well, sort of part of and, it. and one of the things that i've been i've talked with some uh publishers and writers about and i think is super exciting about the future and this is a what if scenario there's there's no commitments here on roll 20s part but just an idea that i think is really interesting <laughs> right now the process of creating a, a role-playing game starts with writing a book but that's really difficult because that's a book is very expensive and can be very very hard to release if we yeah. can lower the barrier to creating a, a role-playing game on digital systems like Roll20, you could actually flop that and say, I want to create the game first in a digital way, get that play mm -hmm. tested really easily with people without having a whole lot of, lot of uh, barrier to entry, and then drum up support for your game and then eventually produce the book that you need to produce. Um, mm. And I, I think that could be a, a stellar, um, stellar way for especially indie game creators to mm -hmm. to test out their game build an audience and get support i think yeah. that could be cool mm -hmm. that's one of the things that i think i i love most here and i think is a big part of the dna of the company and that i really love is that you know we're it's really all uh, always been about uh you know co community content creators facilitating people getting in and creating in the industry that's one of the thing reasons why uh, you know, we were so excited about joining together with, you know, with one bookshelf because drive through RPG also provides so many great tools for mm -hmm. people to get started. And it's really just kind of about it, it is really hard to get started in the TTRPG publishing space. Uh, and there's a lot of upfront costs. And I think the more that we can think about. Uh, you know, how we lower the barrier to entry, how we let games get in and and really kind of succeed based on their merits and not based on how much capital you're able to bring to it. I think mm -hmm. that's, that's a success for us. I think. Mm -hmm. yeah. Liv, you were going to say Absolutely. something. Yeah. I was going gonna... to ask. So, I mean, uh, uh, it's, it's a time we don't look back on fondly, but it must've been quite big for you during COVID. I wondered <laughs> what, Mm. yeah well, what how that was how that was for you because like i imagine business was was booming i know that you um only joined like fairly recently i guess on roll 20 but do you have any kind of insight as to how that was for the company yeah so uh, i joined in 2020 uh january of 2020 mm. so just yeah, barely wow. before okay. i see uh, <laughs> and um there had been some pitches and some some work in progress going on on some infrastructure modernization but it really hadn't gotten very far and so one of the first things that I was trying to tackle when I started was getting those projects booted up and going. So, you know, the, the story we like to tell is, uh, cause this 
it, you know, this company started very uh, from the ground up from something very small mm -hmm. and has, has always sort of grown faster than it really meant to. Um, uh, you know, when I started, there were there were two servers. And we had to wait until wow. <laughs> the, and we had to wait until it was a low traffic time and bring one server down and put a patch onto <laughs> it uh, when we had changes to push and then bring it back up and bring the other one down and put the patch on it. Uh, and that, you know, obviously wasn't going to work going into the future. It was already starting to not really suit the company's needs. And uh, we're putting all of this into place, getting ready to start moving towards auto scaling and all of these kind of like modern infrastructure things to, to make it more scalable and performant when like we were under peak. And, uh, and then there was one day we got an alert from our, our automated system uh, that was uh, flagging as a potential uh, DDoS attack. Like, Oh no, oh, wow. we go in and there's just like two twice. It's a, it's an off peak time. It's uh hmm. you know, actually uh, it was, peak time in Europe, but we hadn't crunched the numbers on that in our heads yet. And we were mm -hmm. showing it something like twice the traffic that we normally did during this time. We're like, what, what's oh, going on? What's happening? And we <laughs> dig into the numbers <laughs> and, uh, and all of this inflated traffic is coming from Italy. Mm -hmm. And we're like, oh, oh. Italy just went huh? on lockdown. <gasps> Wow! Yes. Oh yeah, of oh, course. No they were the first ones, right? They and were like yeah. and, ones and we really looked at that, for. and we looked at the last announcements from the CDC. And we're like, oh god, we've got like two weeks. <laughs> we've got like two wow. weeks to prepare. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrifying as well because you, you i can imagine the situation where you're sat there going wow europe's really popping off wait italy it's just italy <laughs> yeah. oh my god like, what yeah, possible that... correlation could there be oh no yeah, it's no. like that moment in the oh, horror no. movie where, like you're standing on the beach mm -hmm. and you're seeing like big waves lapping up and like the the scientist characters getting really fascinated by the mm -hmm. wave and then someone taps them and points on the horizon and there's a tsunami coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> like that scene in interstellar where they're like what is that is those mountains? And they're like, that's yeah. not a mountain. It's a That was Italy. That was Italy on yeah. Roll20. Yeah. Just... For, and, and for context there too, like Italy is today a very small fraction of our actual traffic. Yeah, Very that's small. what I mean. I can imagine. Yeah, I can imagine for a, you know, Whoosh. it's just like that's what I mean. Yeah, see, that's what I mean. Just seeing the idea that being like, oh, it's a, a whole continent's <laughs> popping off. Wait, yeah. no, 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 no. Like, so, wow, yeah. Twenty twenty was a, a wild year. I mean, uh, the, the bet, me yeah. and some of our key infrastructure devs worked a, a lot of overtime, just kind of yeah. sitting there with a with a roll of duct tape. Just you know, plugging holes <laughs> in the dam as they <laughs> as they burst Bugs Bunny style. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, by by around the summer of 2020, we had the infrastructure in a really good and solid state, and then we could start trying to go on and modernize. You know, some some more fun and more player facing things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, that was a a fair a few companies. I think I can only imagine what happened at Zoom HQ at the beginning of lockdown. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to have. I'd love to have been in that board meeting when they're like, "Wait, guys, they're all using Zoom. No one's using Skype. I don't what? know why." But <laughs> to this all day, to us. <laughs> no one knows why. Like, no one knows why. Skype, and I, I, I think we've said this on the show before. To this day, I'm not sure how how Skype lost that. Skype had had their yeah. name verbed, yeah. like you would say, "Skype mm -hmm. me." Skype something. And they still yeah. lost. Like people don't even say <laughs> Zoom me. <laughs> I don't. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know exactly. how they lost that. I still. I would still say yeah. Skype, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wanted to ask but you I all, that, yeah, or I wanted to hone in on one thing you mentioned, which is something I didn't realize was an option on Roll20. So let me get this straight. If an indie <laughs> developer is like, oh, I really want my game to be playable on Roll20, 
would they be able then to create essentially the means for doing so and essentially have their game as a playable thing on the site? Yeah, definitely. So there's a, there's, there's a self-serve version of it. Um, You know, it's a, it's, it's, there's a learning curve to it. It's not, uh, it's not the easiest thing to get your head around, Uh, but there are also a lot of, um, uh, you know, independent character sheet developers who will, you know, do it as a service. There are, you know, a couple of companies that focus on uh, converting content to that, that, that indie publishers can work with, or if they have someone in-house who, who knows the system or is interested in learning the system, they can get the character sheet stood up. They have, access to all the tools that we've used for our bigger sheets in terms of, you know, automating things and, and connecting it to data uh, and, you know, auto calculating and uh, character building and all of that stuff. And then our, uh, our uh, content team has a couple people who are dedicated to supporting publishers who are coming through, who want to build compendium content and compendium is what we call like our digitized version of the books. So if you want to, you know, have your player's handbook in there yeah. and have a, you know, a digitized like encoded version of all of the data that can be used as a data source for dragging and dropping to the sheet or oh, so for... it's like an interactive, uh, like version basically. Yeah. So for example, we use that data for the D and D five E sheet. You can run through a character mm. builder process step-by-step step because it's all in kind of like a, a data format that's consumable for the pathfinder 2e sheet you can drag and drop or, or this is coming out soon you drag and drop an ancestry onto the sheet and it'll have a pop-up window and you can make all the subsequent choices that come from choosing an ancestry and so you that's know very cool so sheet creators can mm-hmm. take advantage of all that stuff to build it and then you know, we've got a, a thing people can sign up to become marketplace creators and sell modules or, you know, expansions and things like that as well. Um, and then, you know, over on the drive through side, they've got um, uh, like print on demand. If you want to if you don't want to do like a big print run of a book that's got actually really good quality. I know uh, like uh, Worlds Without Number used it and a couple of mm. other like uh, see Iron Sworn, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Very cool. Uh, so like lots of tools for getting up and started uh and then you know uh we're still a ways out i i uh again can't make commitments right now but we do have a new character sheet system in the works right now which is i wouldn't say that it is easier but it's more understandable to someone who's familiar with web development it's much more powerful Mm -hmm. you can do a lot more with it and then it actually gets some kind of api access to the character sheets that lets you do things like you know enter something in the initiative tracker change the token that's being used for a character uh, things like that. Oh, okay. And it, that's an internal testing right now. Uh, we're probably going to get a couple of sheets uh, under our belt on our own that we'll have built on it before we start getting that to user release. But that's that's probably coming soon. And we're hoping that that really uh, opens up options for uh, for people who want to have more robust sheets. Mm. And what is exactly you, the relationship between uh, Roll20 and Drive-Thru RPG, just for clarity? Mm. I was going to ask. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we've come together. We're we're now one company. So uh, oh, and fun. all of our okay. all of our teams are like in, in, intermixed and interwoven now. Uh, you know, Mike Todd, who is a CTO over there at uh, uh, on one at one bookshelf, is now uh, you know running a couple of our teams over here that are more related to that you know content area. It's like that's just one example. We're all kind of uh, intermixing at this point. We have we have uh, joined forces together. Yes, <laughs> yeah, nice. By your powers yeah. combined. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Well, I'm I, I, yeah. I'm just hoping that we can get to a point where we verb roll twenty. Like roll twenty is the verb yeah. for like tabletop. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna roll twenty. Like yeah. Space. yeah let's That's roll what we twenty need to get. 
Yeah, yeah, that's roll. Yeah, I think I have 20. used that honestly. I think yeah. I have done that. <laughs> um, I mean, to be fair, it kind of is synonymous in the sense that, like, if anyone says, like, you know, oh, we'll use maps, whatever, online, my yeah. immediate thing is like, oh, I'm like, oh, we're using roll twenty. Like, that, yeah, exactly. Like, that's my assumption. It's like we're going to use roll twenty. Yeah. <laughs> well, it could even be very like flattering. A nickname, a nickname <laughs> or something. It could be like Jeremy Roll Twenty. Whatever you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can pick it as a nickname. <laughs> you know what I mean? Then, yeah, there you go. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. I think you should permanently change your name to Jeremy oh, Roll Twenty. I, uh, <laughs> I think that's about right. Yeah, I think that's. Um, I was going to ask. So uh, I believe there is a brand new. Um, uh, brand new system, uh, well, toolbar, you've said, that is, that's come to Roll20. Can you tell us more about it? Yeah, actually, we just released it. We've been talking about it for Ooh. a while. Um, and we said it will be out by the end of May. And guess what? Today is the <laughs> last day of May. With few hours well to done. spare. Like yeah, Indiana no, Jones grabbing his hat. Just right at <laughs> <laughs> the last minute. That was the 31st of May. Just whap, got it. It's fine. <laughs> it's the suspense. You know, you got to keep up that suspense. Um, yeah, yeah. Keep guessing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, so it, it really does mark the start of us redesigning the entire VTT um, mm. from the ground up. Um, we don't know how long that'll take. We don't know all of the pieces of that, but it is us starting to rethink how our VTT works. Um, we're going to build on top of what we have. That's why we re- released the, the new toolbar the way we did. It is opt-in, so you don't have to, to use it if you don't want to for now. Um, mm. the, the whole point here is to um, create a dialogue with our, our users. We can't make something simple by just sitting in a room and clacking away and then delivering it. We got we to gotta kind of, uh, it's, a, it's a yes and process, right? We got to mm-hmm. do a thing and then see what you say. Oh, okay. I see what, you, what the problems are. I didn't see it before and I see it from your perspective. Let's change mm-hmm. that. And through that sort of yes and process, we are going to go through each part of our VTT, redesigning it um, and making it new with a real focus on ease of use. Um, making mm-hmm. it easier for you to tell your story, which is ultimately the real reason why we're, we're doing this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. When a digital tool is really complicated, it ends up feeling like you're playing the VTT and not playing the game, right? Mm-hmm. It ends up playing, it feels like I'm playing here on my computer screen and not playing the game in my mind, in my imagination. Yeah. And that's what we sure. really want to try to do is we want you to be able to play the game easy in your mind and we just want the tools to make it really easy for you to play in your mind and in your imagination um, yeah, and you almost want to forget that you're using a bt right yeah. exactly mm. yeah the things that you remember are the story moments the the friends that you have around the table the the characters that you've created and the stories that you told together not mm-hmm. that time it was really really hard to get your <laughs> character into initiative <laughs> yeah right? like we don't want yeah. you to remember that we want you to remember yeah. the stories that you're telling yeah, because being yeah. being honest with ourselves, you know, uh, there there are things that are really great about how long we've been around. We've got some name brand recognition. We have all of these established relationships with publishers. We kind of understand what it like what it takes for us to be kind of good neighbors in the community, and all these things that you you get with spending time in the space. But at, also, our UI was really easy to use in 2013, 2014. And then we added features and added features and added features and Mm. added features. And now not only is it super complicated and hard to learn, it also feels like it was built in, you know, 2013. Uh, And it was absolutely great for, for when it was there, but now we need to start thinking about how do we, how do we take all of these features that we've got and 
one, get them out of your way when you don't need them so that you can just get in and understand what it is that you need to do. And then how do we make them discoverable and, and intuitive when you do want to engage with them? Mm. I wonder how that uh, audience feedback kind of process works. You know, you said it's sort of almost like a yes and situation. And I'm just sort of interested because it's a uh it's a tr it must be such a tricky thing because you're essentially working in a space that like isn't really occupied you know what i mean it's not like mm -hmm. there's a uh a, a bigger larger thing doing what you guys are doing like you're at the kind of like you know top level doing this and i'm just sort of interested like how do you go about gathering that kind of feedback from people mm -hmm. you know is it uh is it just sort of a lot of internal testing or you know do you kind of go out and uh and, and ask people you know what features they're using what features they're not using uh and and I guess, like, what uh, kind of, uh, how do you kind of profile individual like tools and things, like, yeah. where, and whether they're like a net gain or you know yeah. or not, sort of thing. Yeah. Well, we well, um, just like you would do in your game, we're going to get everybody into one instance of roll twenty, just all <laughs> all thousands and thousands of people, and then we're just going to ask. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do it. <laughs> <at all. laughs> one um, call. Do it. I believe hey, you. Yeah. Well, we've got a couple of questions. I, I know it's hard to hear me all the way at the back, but uh, yeah. you can pick somebody's yeah. game at oh, random okay. and just shuffle yeah, everyone in. Okay, no. Italy's having some connection issues. We're just going to throw to Italy real quick. Hold on. Yeah. Everyone, stop raising your hand. Stop, stop, stop. Yeah, everyone. everyone. Wait, wait, wait. Well, there's Who a, is there's drawing a... the, the penis? Please, if you could not, that would be great. If you could just not draw that, that would be Immediately fantastic. thousands of penises start appearing across yeah, yeah, the map. Yeah, no, like, yeah, no. um, what, the way we're actually doing it um, is a lot of different ways. Um, because ultimately we want, um, we want to hear feedback from our customers, our users in the way that they feel comfortable giving that feedback. And so we're really going more to where they are. Um, we're giving them some ways that they can come to us and give us feedback, but we're, we're going to all those places too. So we're listening we're hearing those things. We might not always respond, but we're, we're going and we're listening yeah. in those places because, um, we want to, we want to be able to make that better. A couple of examples. Um, we, uh, we've actually held over the last month, I have done around 30 or so different demos of the, of the toolbar to small groups of people. Wow. Um, mm -hmm. usually around 10, most 15. Um, we also did a, um, a live Q and a session with a lot more than that. Um, so that was how we did it first. Um, that's initially, I actually, let me step back a whole lot more Yeah. because <laughs> last year, <laughs> last year, we actually did a ton of user research, um, that our design okay. team did. Um, and that was in the form of like, what do we think that's could look like? We threw it out mm -hmm. into some surveys and we did some user testing. They would actually mm -hmm. use a prototype that we would generate and then we'd see how they would and we'd trash that and start a different one. Yeah, Does this I, work? it actually started even lower level with that, with some initial surveys, just mm -hmm. getting people to answer like what what things did they struggle with? And then we started mm -hmm. getting people in for testing rounds with the existing UI and gave them a series That's of right. tasks. And we started off by looking at like, what are the tasks that people are frequently either failing at or take a really long time to accomplish? And that was a big target area and then and then yeah from there we started to do our initial uh yeah. uh takes at what we thought could solve that problem and put those to the same rounds of testing and then our design team sets a really high threshold for they have to have you know this level of misclick rate uh it's below a certain threshold misclick rate the time to complete mm. task needs to be below a certain level before the designs get approved 
Yeah, and, we, and, and yeah, through some of those tests, we saw some huge improvements. Um, huge improvements. Mm. The, the last thing I'll mention too is today, now that it is out, you can opt in and there is a feedback button right there. You can go right on there, there's a form and you can fill that out. I read that all personally, uh, me and, and actually our designers um, read that every day. And we're, we're going through organizing it. We even respond sometimes. We might even engage like, hey, have you, have, do you have trouble with this or that? Or mm-hmm. what if we did something like this? Would that work? Or So there's, there, it's a whole conversation. It's multi-threaded yeah. with a lot of people. Mm. And so yeah. you will know now if somebody writes, uh, hi, Andrew, on yeah. there, then they've listened to this. And then yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. There we go. Everybody <laughs> listening to this, respond in with a hi, Andrew. And then, hi, Andrew. Hi, Andrew. <laughs> That's very uh, cool. And so, in terms of things outside oh, of the VTT UI rework, we've got a bunch of other channels too. You know, we have, uh, mm. uh, we have people who, who do our social media and they're always out there kind of listening for what people are complaining about, what people are suggesting mm. and, and bringing those back to the team. And we get those put in and prioritized against other things. We have our suggestion and idea forum uh, on our website and, you know, uh, you know, I think being being very honest, that was something that didn't get addressed for a really long time. It wasn't until towards the end of 2021 that we really got the infrastructure in a better place that we could start picking up some of those big things. Last year, we cleared out five of the top 10 items from the suggestion and idea forum. And we're, you know, we're continuing to, to dig through on that this year. Uh, and then again, capturing things from online, things that are suggested elsewhere, um, a lot of different channels. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by AuraFrames. That is right. Uh, From grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an AuraFrame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these AuraFrames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an AuraFrame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there, and you know what? You can update it with an app, so every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. I think it's just... 
such an important part of having uh, anything kind of like online at the moment. Like, you know, like just reducing the amount of like time and attention that it takes for people to like get to something or make something happen. Yeah. Like that ease of use is like king right now, you know? There's yeah. so many times where I can think like, I've been so pumped about like using a website or using, you know, uh, like there's a, a couple of like world building platforms and things that I've tried to use. Mm. And the second it takes me like too many clicks to get through to something or does it make sense i'm like ah, i'm out like yeah, so yeah. I, I think it's that's why yeah. i kind of asked the question about how you gather that feedback because i think it's such a uh that's like the gold dust it kind of feels like is like how do you really make it as kind of easy to use not only so that you know you can bring more people in and you can make it a more welcoming space for everyone but also so that you can actually just hold people in the space and be like no this is the like the place to come and use you know mm. like use a vtt or you know mm. have your character sheets or you know whatever else it is and i think it's you know it's super positive honestly to like hear how much you take that on board like clearing you know i don't know many companies that would you know go as far to like clearing as that many items off of the most frequently asked for thing you know what i mean like yeah. i feel like I, I can think of a lot of websites and things that i use where i'm like i'm pretty sure we've been asking for this since 2010 <laughs> you know what i mean and we're still here and it's not been it's not been fixed so we have those uh, items too, we, we have those I mean, too yeah. you know sure. being honest sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you'll 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 hear about it in my feedback form, which will be specifically yeah. addressed yeah. to it's you. Like, and I'll say, hey, I've been asking been for years. this since 2008, so. and I know you guys went around <laughs> then. The 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 it keeps going it. back. I've been asked, <laughs> <laughs> which is why it's frankly ridiculous. It hasn't been sorted yet because I've been asking for such a long time. That's what uh, I wanted to ask. Um, and we talk a lot about inclusivity uh, and we've mm -hmm. been talking a lot about accessibility uh, in this interview. Um, what uh, with a VTT, I would imagine that there are steps that one must take for people with disabilities, uh, such as people who maybe have uh, vision uh, impairments and things like that, uh, or maybe issues with uh, maybe like sensitivity to lighting or different mm -hmm. stimuli, uh, maybe in some cases of dyslexia, where things can be very difficult to read and things and, mm -hmm. and any any number of disabilities that could affect someone's use of a VTT like this. Uh, what uh what steps is slash has uh, or rather has slash is uh roll 20 taking uh to address uh, and accommodate those people and make the site more accessible for those people yeah i mean we are you know we're an we're an older website and there's a lot of gap to make up for in those areas for sure mm -hmm. uh, it's especially hard with some of the older parts of the user interface that are you know not really built with modern standards in mind and so uh even fixing and making modest tweaks to them is a pretty cumbersome process so mm -hmm. you know we uh we do test our color schemes and our color palettes against uh those types of checkers we have the fonts that we have uh, for the main user interface have been you know tested and approved for 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 uh accessibility purposes it's a it's a threshold i think we're much better at hitting for the pieces of new ui that we're putting in so uh for example the new toolbar the andrews team just put out is built on top of uh um uh, an existing framework that already has a lot of accessibility tooling uh, in place and then, you know, is built against those color schemes that have already been tested and vetted. We've um, definitely made some changes in the last little bit. We actually have a, a big round of revisions coming to the to the main logged out mm -hmm. parts of the website uh, in the next few months. 
to try to address different, you know, vision impaired, impaired and uh, other processing impairment uh, use cases. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's something that we take very seriously, especially for the new UI putting that we're putting together. But it's also it's a journey, uh, and we are uh, still figuring out what our pathway forward is for some of the areas of the website that are a little bit harder to get at. I, I would also say too, um, uh, Morgan's saying there, we, we can do better and we absolutely can. Um, one of the ways that we um, are trying to do that is by providing ways for people that have those issues to let us know. Um, mm -hmm. So those, the feedback becomes even more important in this case, because it is, it, while there are certain standards that we can follow that will help accommodate a lot of people, there are still lots of intricacies that are even not included in standards. So understanding and seeing, um, having empathy for people that are in that situation is really important. Mm. And it's difficult mm -hmm. to do without knowing. Um, yeah. So if you have that, sure. if you have those issues, we want to hear from you. Um, in fact, yeah. I, I, w I would even say, I want to talk directly to you. Let's, let's see how it works for you. And um, I, I want to sort of, step in your shoes um yeah if you have shoes <laughs> i think i think this is something that comes up quite a lot like when it comes to accessibility which is you know i think we've spoken to this point before on the show which is like you know like as hard as as difficult as it can be sometimes you know someone has to kind of be first in like flagging an issue because you know mm -hmm. it's it's so hard i think you know when you're working within a limited team there's only so many people that you can hire you know what i mean yeah. uh, and you're never going to cover all of the bases internally and so therefore you do have to go externally and and one thing that we always try to encourage is that like you know we really want people to be kind of like bastions for people like themselves and to put themselves forward to you know so that people like yourselves can you know uh, make those adjustments and and so i think it's like yeah definitely like if someone's listening to this and you do have a very particular uh like uh, a blocker or, or or something that like is difficult for you like definitely feedback to to companies uh like you know roll 20 because i think it will make it only helps it only serves to make this the whole space more accessible mm. for everyone uh which i think is is a, is a huge positive so yeah um, i assume that the feedback option that you mentioned previously would be the best way to get in touch uh, just so people are aware. Yeah, especially immediately. Yeah. Um, but like cool. I said, all the places that you feel comfortable leaving feedback are the places that we're going to watch too. So it's, mm -hmm. it's not one road to, to hear to us listening. It is many. And yeah. we're, we're trying was, to take it on ourselves to do that. Out of curiosity. Uh, I was going to ask if I could. Mm. I, I wanted sure. to ask are as part of that initiative, because I think it's absolutely awesome that you all are looking to change that because it's it's something that's mm -hmm. important. Um, sure. What are as part of that initiative? Are you also interested or are you in the process of uh, hiring people of those backgrounds who might be able to help guide some of those features? Um. We really should. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I think we've got a lot of uh, uh, very specific things that we do with our hiring process to try to make it accessible to uh, to a diverse number of candidates. Uh, you know, I think being honest, that is not uh, something we have specifically put effort into trying to hire around. Um, we do uh, work with some consulting companies that specialize in that, mm. that do have members of staff with different processing disabilities. Uh, but that is not something that we specifically hired for. You know, I think mm. 
to, to the point that you raised earlier, it, it is challenging. We're, uh, we're still a pretty small company and we still have a pretty small staff. Yeah, sure. And so it's that kind of question of, you know, we need to, we need to hire for specific skill sets. Um, and it can, th- that can already be in a, a very daunting task. Um, mm. but no, I, I think that's an excellent point. I think that that's something that we could attend to more. If, if you yeah. are a developer that can develop on technologies <laughs> that we use and you have accessibility issues that, that you often deal with, let us know, <laughs> like reach out to us. I'd love to talk with yeah. you. Um, Come on gang, shoot your shot. Do yeah. it. Your shot. Yeah. Roll yeah, 20 absolutely. maybe. <laughs> I, I, I think it's, you know, Morgan, I, I completely appreciate because I think mm. that, uh, uh, you know, it's, it, it can be extremely difficult when you're working within a small company uh, to, to, flag all of that because also you have to kind of have the trade-off of like we need the absolute like best person that we can get for this job so that we can actually Mm -hmm. like you know implement those changes that will affect you know all of these people and and i think that that you know it it can be a really expensive process as well like Mm headhunting and trying to go out and find people and you know that part of it is something that i think people often like overlook is just like how much it actually Mm -hmm. costs to like do a big you know hiring uh you know uh drive and all of that kind of stuff it's 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 definitely uh, yeah I mean, it's definitely a lot i i i totally agree although i think that um there are there are still things that companies can do i mean po- posting mm-hmm. uh your job listings in places where uh where individuals were already congregating uh from yeah. you know marginalized groups is really critically important being mm-hmm. earnestly willing to hire people uh who are you know true juniors with limited experience in a field is also really critical uh especially when you're yeah. working against the backdrops of fields that already have a lot of you know bias in place so you know i i, I agree with you but i think that there are things that companies can and should be doing to at least make it more possible mm, yeah. absolutely and absolutely. i, I pre- really appreciate you saying like being you know honest about that mm. and the, the yeah. fact that you guys can do better because i think again a lot of companies very much aren't open and honest about that they'll sort of say oh no yeah. we're doing loads we're doing great it's Ooh, fine ah. it's all fine don't look <laughs> under the carpet yeah. frank response very much appreciate <laughs> yeah <Absolutely>. um <laughs> Yeah. Can I ask as well? Uh, so as somebody who's used uh, Roll20 and kind of like learned to like use it kind of uh, by trial and error, uh, do you have any kind of like resources or any just advice for anyone who's looking to kind of like GM on it for the first time? Or I mean, GMing is where kind of like I I was most daunted, I think, because like usually my GM will be like, OK, and then you do this and then like, like spoon feeding me how to do it. <laughs> so like, yeah, any re- resources, uh, particularly for the GM, maybe? Yeah, we, we do have uh, help articles um, that will help Fab. you understand exactly like what does a thing do? Um, sometimes that can be like a whole manual and you don't want to read a whole manual. Um, there's a few things in the product that we're going to try to start doing more of. We we have some of them. Um, tours, things that will show you how to do a certain thing. We also have a tutorial um, that you can join. So instead of creating your own game, you can actually create a tutorial game that will kind of walk you through the basics of the, the initial setup. Um, wow, and then... You can always, there. there is a ton of people that make content around Roll20 and show you how to do something in Roll20. Um, mm, and yeah. they would appreciate uh, the views and the, the, uh, the <laughs> yeah. comments and the, 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 the audience. So um, th- those people make um, really easy to digest uh, comments. And then finally, on our forums, we have a load of people that are super passionate about Roll20 uh-huh. and are immediately uh, ready to help you do what you need to do uh, for game prep. Um, the response times on that are, are bonkers sometimes. So, um, 
Yeah, there's there's like lots of help. There's lots yeah. of help. But mm-hmm. I, I will say too, Liv, that we, we could probably do better. That's one of the, the big things that I'm trying to focus on with the new redesign is it should be intuitive. You should it, you shouldn't mm-hmm. have to like think about how it actually works. It should be like, oh, okay, that makes that makes sense. I, I yeah. would do it that way. Um, and it yeah. is sort of in the first one or two places. That's what we, we characterize as the misclick. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Uh, I will also forever shout out Nick Olivo's video series on YouTube. Uh, he's Ooh. got tutorials that for for Roll20 in particular that range from, you know, the very basic. This is how to get started to very advanced, like how to work with, you know, advanced macros and add ons and extensions and uh, all kinds of different things. So uh, that's a good place to get started. Mm. Awesome. Very cool. What was the name again? Nick uh, Olivo. Okay. Is it spelled O L I V O? I believe so. Yes. Okay. Okay. I was like, "That's my name." Your spelling. <laughs> that is my name. <laughs> <laughs> Liv's alter ego. Liv's, yeah, it's yeah. me. I'm it's doing it's it. been no, lived the whole time. Um, <laughs> Ta-da. I, I wanted I, oh, to. Go ahead, Jasper. Sorry. No, no, I was, I was going to pivot hard into something a bit more fun. So uh, oh. please feel free. If you I was, I was also, I was going to ask about. Um, you know what? My question ran away from me. Jasper, please. Oh, I'm so oh, sorry. Shit. I'm so sorry. <laughs> While I chase this uh, little secret. Also, Jasper, this isn't fun for you? Yeah. You don't want to learn how to do it? Oh my god, I can't believe, I can't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I was just going to ask if either of, if you have a favorite uh, a TTRPG to play on Roll20 <gasps> that's maybe not like, D- like D&D, ooh. like if there's any other games that you're like, ooh, this is like particularly fun on Roll20 and people should go and check it out and play it. Okay, fair play, Jasper. That's quite fun. So yeah, no, no, no yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. So we've been asked this one before, and one of our answers is the same. But go ahead. <laughs> Ooh, okay, um, okay. So to be clear, you're asking what's our favorite game to play on Roll Twenty? Yes, specifically okay. like to play on Roll Twenty. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I actually recently, Morgan, this changed. Um, oh, okay. Recently, Ooh, I played spicy. a game of uh, yeah. I played a game of Blades in the Dark. Um, on Roll20. Yes. And oh, I love it. Roll20 does. Um, so Blades in the Dark is very theater of the mind. There's very few mm-hmm. actual like dungeons and like a lot of tactical decision making is not a part of it um, in that regard. Um, it is a lot more sort of uh, do the job than downtime. And But Roll20, the, 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 um, Roll20 has a lot of tools that make a lot of those activities really, really easy for everybody to kind of create together. So you can have a a crew sheet that everybody can Mm. use and uh, interact with and modify. You can also have multiple screens that will um, show the sort of scene that you're running or the the map of the city or the options that you might have or the um, sort of the... uh, the actions that you can take during downtime and, and stuff like that. Mm. And I, I was very enthralled with how um, they use a, a primarily map dominated um, VTT to make mm. it playable um, in uh, without actually having maps. And I, I thought that was really, really cool. And mm-hmm. those are the, the, those are the things in my mind that I want to try to make easier to do. Right. Mm. Yeah. 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 Can, I, awesome. can I ask about, uh, just quickly blaze in the dark. So uh, in, I don't know if this is how you do it for everyone. I'm playing campaign right now and you have to like uh, make a clock and then you have to fill that in as you go along when you're doing downtime mm-hmm. stuff. Do you, do you, is there like a clock system or is it just kind of like, the, 
Yeah, there's uh, yeah. there are um, we have tokens and there are they're called like rollable tables. But essentially, mm. what that allows you to do is take one token and switch mm. the image of it with any number of other images. So oh, so the okay. DM has um, I think it comes with the package as it, as you do it, mm. um, but I'm not certain because the DM had it all set up for me when I got there. But essentially, <laughs> it is that little circle clock. And then you mm -hmm. can flip the token to where, as it counts down, really mm -hmm. easy. Oh, so cool. Because we have to like try and fill it in ourselves and it gets really messy. Mm -hmm. Yes, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> there, there are clocks on the character sheet too. And then if, if uh, for people who oh, are subscribers, no. we have these extension scripts you can use if you're a subscriber. There's a Blades in the Dark extension oh, script perfect. that the, uh, the GM can uh, invoke and can take any clock off of somebody's character sheet. Uh, and mm. have it get placed onto the uh, onto the virtual tabletop. So, uh, and then you can do that with people's stress and their wound uh, tracker too. Oh. So it's really great for like intense moments where like somebody's spending stress yeah. near the dial. It's a really intense oh. scene. There's like two competing clocks, and like they're wounded, and you can like highlight what's going on for that character and just drop all those things on the screen so everybody can be watching their like stress ticking up closer to the mm -hmm. to the trauma threshold amazing um that's, that's so fun um we need to talk about blades in the dark on the show because it's very good but yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. so blades <laughs> in the dark is the game i've played the most on roll 20 by far mm -hmm. i've also played a lot of fantasy flight uh games they've got the you know those mm -hmm. really interesting custom dice that are really awesome for having narrative moments surprising narrative moments come out of your dice rolls but they're really hard to track in person so that's again with a mod script uh the fantasy flight stuff so like ffg star wars or their genesis system um suddenly streamlines all of the complexities of those dice so you can really just get like what's cool about them without what's complex about mm. them and so you get things with those dice like um, oh, I might fail on a roll in a way that causes uh, that then also passes this bonus pool on and I can pass that bonus mm. on to the next person after me. And so you set up these situations where, you know, you're flying through, you miss a shot, something really bad happens to your ship, but the person after you is going to nail the shot because they get five extra bonus dice in their pool. Oh, and like these just so, mm. you know, how do you describe that narratively? Oh, like uh, I collided with the thing and spun off, but it creates an opening for you in some compelling way. It's just oh, like collaboratively. Yeah, it's just really cool. <laughs> yeah. I have a game and, and, that I, I want to play on the VTT on Unroll 20, but I haven't had a chance to yet. And they won't have a character sheet until uh, they do their next release after the Kickstarter. But I told you my first TTRPG was uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Other Strangeness. Uh, and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, something like that, that uh, that's just got so much nostalgia for me. And uh, Ju Julian yeah. Kay's Mutants in the Now is like, my white whale game it's it like feels just <laughs> enough like those old mutant animal games to hit the nostalgia mm. but it's like modern game mechanics and uh i, I can't wait till there's a roll 20 sheet because i i definitely want to play that <laughs> amazing i had two cool. questions uh that both of which are fun uh Yes, the fun question. I really feel like this said this came out, and I didn't mean it like fun. I I don't know what I meant. I was just having fun, Jasper. Yeah, as soon as I said it, I was like, I hope no one picks up on this, and now we're referencing it again. All the laughs were added in post. So the first fun question, 
uh, is mm-hmm. I love to play music during my games. And as of right mm-hmm. now, I'm unaware of any feature on Roll20 that allows me to like, hey, everyone, we're in this game. I'm going to pump through some music. Is there, pl- are there plans for that to be an option, both for, I guess, royalty-free music, but also like if I find some music on YouTube or something like that, to pump that through uh, while playing on Roll20? Jeremy, there is music on Roll Twenty. I can answer that when I'm not. <laughs> I'm not even a part of the team. It's 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 very fun and very useful. Yeah, sorry, Morgan, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There there is there is music. It's we call it the jukebox. Um, you yeah. can you can access it, and then you can choose a lot of different sort of types of sound. It's not as elaborate as you might find in some soundboards out there, specifically designed for for gaming. But um, it works con- uh, in connecting with the maps. Um, so mm-hmm. when you uh, join a certain map, you can have a certain set of uh, sounds play and you can loop them through and you can kind of um, overlay some ambient sounds. Um, you can uh, upload uh, you can upload custom sounds to it as well, but you can't connect it to things mm-hmm. like YouTube right now. I think there's definitely mm-hmm. a lot of uh, quality of life that could be added on that. It's uh, it's a little bit tough to figure out. And uh, and uh, the UI is definitely one of those pieces that really needs a revamp. But uh, but it's there. Uh, mm-hmm. The sounds work great. And like Andrew said, you can connect a playlist to a map so that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the the person who ran the FFG Star Wars game I played in, you know, you you come to like a, a space map, and for a for a battle scene, yeah. and it would immediately be like some big mm-hmm. grand, you know, Star Wars piece that he he, he downloaded. Um, oh, that's cool. And very fun. So you can upload, I, I did but there's room for improvement for sure. Oh, that's so cool. You can upload music and sounds and stuff from other from other. That's right. If you own the file, that's right. There's also if you're a pro user, there's also API scripts that allow you to connect those to certain die rolls. Or certain other actions Fun. in it. Too. Whoa, so, you know, that's kind of pretty very bullet. cool. Yeah, well, like sometimes cool. we'll have a, a DM that will go pew 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 pew, like when, when you're shooting laser lasers <laughs> at some people and stuff like that. So it'll be fun. That's, Amazing. That's yeah. I did that for the first time. Like used mm-hmm. like a, a soundscape for yeah. a um, for mm-hmm. a, like an in person D and D game recently, mm-hmm. and uh, I described like a crack of thunder as there was one, <gasps> and the table lost yes! their minds, and I felt like God. Yes! <laughs> yeah, it was great. Did you time <laughs> it that way, or did it just so? happen no no no. i timed it like i had like i oh, had my right. finger on the space like the yeah. space bar yes. as i was describing yeah. the scene and yeah. i hit it oh, and i was yeah. like and there was a crack of thunder and i was like yeah, and i was like yeah next sick. level yeah. Shit. Was, yeah. and that congratulations very cool i'll be honest and you hear this <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did it. I yeah, did when it. I was um when I was GMing uh Cyberpunk uh the other the other week, um I was very happy to find like a cyber like club, but also had like the sound of like um like clinking glasses and stuff mm. like that. And I was like, this is so specific. Oh my god. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or when when a when a token reaches zero hit points, you can have a Wilhelm scream. Yeah, that's awesome. That's so that's exactly yeah. Uh, the other question I had. Uh, which is also fun. Morgan, you mentioned a Kickstarter. Roll20 isn't running any Kickstarters right now. Uh, nothing that we're looking to get to, to do with that. But Roll20 did start with a Kickstarter back in 2012, 2013. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Kickstarter that I plugged a second ago was uh, for an expansion to Mutants in the Now. Um, I think oh, that wow. one's already closed. Um mm. Oh man, do I have some good ones to plug right now? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Just plug my favorite yeah. publishers. 
<laughs> well, um, what I can ask you, this is not a Kickstarter thing, but I just wondered what the future of Roll20 was going to look for, look at. Mm. Like, I'm realizing that this is completely different uh, to what Jeremy asked. <laughs> Grab the wheel and swerve. So, yeah, Grab that wheel and swerve. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, so yeah. good at se- segues. Uh, it surprises me, honestly. But what's the future of Roll20 looking like? <laughs> well, that is a, um, a large question and is something that mm-hmm. we can only hypothesize about what it might be. But um, it is important to have some uh, centralized um, thought around it. And by, and by Roll20, I'm going to specifically narrow down in on what do we want the VTT to do and be and, and mm. grow into? Um, because there's lots of other aspects of Roll20 that, that you'll, you'll see as, as we go. But um, I, the biggest things that I can say um, is I want, just like we've been talking about, I, I want the VTT. And I, I, what I hear from customers a lot of times is they're looking for ways to tell better stories. They're looking for storytelling mm-hmm. tools, not map creation tools always, right? Mm-hmm. We have lots of map creation tools and there's lots of ways that you can and, and, and play on a map. And that is a large portion of it. And will always be because that's, I mean, that's the table. You put the map on the table, but there mm-hmm. is so mm-hmm. many other ways that we can use the space that we have to tell better stories. And that's some of the things that I really want to start looking into and, and seeing. And, and the, the cool thing that happens there, and I've seen it happen a time and time again with digital tools entering into role-playing games, they change the way we play the game, right? They change, they give us new options. They, they invert what we could do. And even in the new games that are starting to be created now, you can start to see the fingerprints of this, where they start to understand like, well, this will be in a digital tool. This will be more easy to do. I bet I can make this, this new mechanic work better now that mm. I know that it will be in a digital tool. For example, being able to give more choices at the end of a role, not just a f- fail and success, can mm. often cause you to like have to flip through a book to try to find what are the options for that specific uh, move, for example, like an apocalypse world, where you can like, okay, yeah. I want to do a move, and then there's, there's response things that happen yeah. in the mm. middle that's not just fail or whatever. But those are sometimes uh, specific to the move. Well, we can deliver those to you in the, at the moment that the result happens. So you can say like, mm. I rolled a this, here are those things. And that becomes mm. more easy and more available because you have digital tools to do that when you would never be able to do that with just pen and paper. And so that's, mm, yeah. that's what I'm really, really excited about is not just creating a place for people to play online, which is the sort of heart and soul of what we do, but creating digital tools that make role-playing games easier to play wherever you are um, that's, and, and that's introduce really, new options. Yeah, that's a really amazing point. I think the idea of yeah. me as a DM prepping my session, but kind of prepping my uh, virtual like tools, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. uh, as a part of the like planning process is, is kind of something I do already, but I go to like a lot of disparate kind of different sites and mm-hmm. I'll kind of have tabs open and mm-hmm. you know what I mean like the idea of kind of having a sort of centralized place for a lot of All those tools place, yeah. uh, you know I can even see why I would use Roll20 then it, like when we're in person you know what I mean mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. using a lot of those tools just for the ease and access of you know all of that information and things like you mentioned and uh, and I think thinking of it like that as like a almost like this little a virtual toolkit for me as the DM is like that's really exciting for me especially you know mm-hmm. You know, now, like, I know myself and Jeremy's particularly, like, you know, we run a lot of games, you know, for, for, for loads of different groups and, you know, people can hire us and stuff like that. So, you know, I'll be rolling, I'll be running, you know, two or three games a week at times with completely different people. So having all of those 
those things like readily available is like an absolute godsend. So yeah. that's mm. definitely made me very, very excited. And I'll uh, I'll be purchasing as many shares of Roll Twenty now as I can. Is that <laughs> that's that's how that works, yeah. right? I can just yeah. purchase shares yeah, of the yeah, company. Yeah. Stocks, cool. bonds, yeah. stocks, and bonds. Stocks and bonds. Yeah. 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 Thank you. <laughs> uh, I also uh, I guess one last question, which was you've mentioned uh, Andrew several times. You've mentioned other parts of Roll Twenty aside from the VTT. Could you just mm-hmm. explain mm-hmm. what some of those are? Uh, just because I've seen, I think, glimpses of some of the non-VTT stuff, but I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, yeah. So as our team has grown, we have uh, our we have divided into lots of different parts so that we can work on a lot of different things at a time. It's one of the reasons why it's like, why are you when customers say, why are you doing that part and not this part? Well, we have lots of different teams that are working on lots of different things. In fact, we have mm. multiple roadmaps. It's not just one roadmap for our our, our company. It is multiple mm. things that we're working on all at once. I can tell you some of the things that are currently public that we consider as like parts of the um, the umbrella of roll 20 and that is the marketplace mm. we've, we've just added uh drive through oh, yeah. we also have a marketplace on our own and you'll start to see in fact uh new changes to some of those things as we start to squish those two things together more um and i i would expect for you to see in fact you can already start to um uh um Morgan, keep me honest here. What was the <laughs> we just integrated with with drive through recently in the yeah, last couple of so, so we added support for uh Pathfinder Infinite, Starfinder Infinite, uh Miskatonic mm. Repository. So those are like um kind of more closer to licensed community creation. It's it's DMs Guild type uh type things for other publishers. Uh and we're now opening up the ability to sell uh roll 20 modules. Uh, on DMs Guild at large right. who are working outside of um, published content. Cool, yeah. Okay. Mm. yeah, but besides just the marketplace, so we, we we want to be a place where people can buy their content and use that content in a lot of different ways. Mm. Um, besides that, we also, Morgan mentioned a uh, being able to build a character outside of the game today, which now because of other digital tools that are out there seems like a, a an obvious thing that should happen, right? I want to mm. go to this mm. thing and make a character. I don't want to have mm-hmm. to create a game and mm-hmm. then get into the game and then yeah. ask the GM to make me a character sheet and then make yeah. right. You don't want to do all that. You want to just make a character. And so that's mm-hmm. something that's um, coming out soon. Um, mm-hmm. We I, That's very exciting. We, mm-hmm. we, we've talked a little bit about it. I think Morgan even showed a little bit of it recently. Um, On the reroll, yeah. So, yeah, so there's that. And then there's a few other sort of project that projects that we can't talk about that will be coming mm. um that will sort of add to this sort of umbrella effect yeah of, of and there, there are a few other smaller things that are very much you know right now they're very much a part of the vtt experience but they they have the opportunity to to be more you know so for example the compendium is our you know digitized version of books uh and right now mm. that's particularly useful if you're using one of our character sheets but you know, there's a lot of space for that to become something that's more useful and usable uh, as a as a as a key feature um you know uh we also think a lot about like our forums and our social tools and inside of the forum there's you know a little little tiny looking for a group tool and you know we've got the jukebox it's something we think about a lot too uh so there's mm. you know there's lots of different pieces that kind of come together um obviously right now it's very focused on the virtual tabletop but 
Amazing. I think just to just as like one uh, final thing, just because it's something we do with all of our guests, uh, and I'd be remiss if we didn't have to uh, do it with you, which is just uh, we always ask for something that's called the tale from the table. Uh, this can be absolutely anything. It could be something bonkers that's happened. It can be something that's like really emotional that happened. Just like a little uh, uh, moment uh, that like kind of springs to your mind. Uh, uh, it can absolutely be something that you've played on Roll20. It could be something you've played at the table. I mean, uh, it might be know. a tale from the virtual table. Maybe a virtual table. Maybe you know what? <laughs> um, but yeah, if there's anything that jumps into your mind, uh, we just we, we always love hearing these stories, and we get such a lovely variety of them. So, mm. uh, yeah. Morgan, do you want to go first? Do you want a minute to think? Uh, I think I need a second to think. Okay, Shit. I can Lots go. of options. Um, Ooh, this is probably one of my favorite stories because it includes some of my favorite people. Um, mm. It is not virtual. Oh, nice. um, it is an at-home game. It was with my family. I have two daughters and my wife. Um, and, uh, of course, we were, were going to play, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had created this sort of, like, iconic kind of campaign for them. Especially, This was a, a while ago when they were both young. Um, my uh, oldest daughter was around eight. And my youngest was around five-ish, four or five-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my wife was playing as well. And so they all had created characters. My oldest daughter, who was primarily the focus, right? Because she could she could actually interact with it. Um, she was playing mm-hmm. this sort of druid character. Um, and primarily she knew, okay, I can turn into animals. That's the thing that she yeah. was like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the youngest was playing a wild sorcerer fairy dragon oh that gosh. couldn't talk, obviously. <laughs> she's, and she would just mm-hmm. sort of spout things. Just things would just happen. Um, and it was <laughs> yeah. primarily a, a narrative device for me, but she really right. enjoyed rolling dice. So there was that. Oh, and then my, my wife played sort of a knight protector. And the, and the story was basically oh. around like this princess who was going out and like doing things, right? Sort of independent princess doing things with a knight protector that would help her along the way. Mm-hmm. And so um, her father, the king, gave her a mission um, that sent her out of the castle. And on the way to that mission, um, I thought, because one of the things I love about um, role-playing games is that ability for you to kind of pause everything and think about what you might actually do in that situation, right? Mm-hmm. What, how would my character respond? How might I respond? And it, it's... Um, it can be almost therapeutic in a lot of ways. And I wanted to present this mm. to my, my daughter, um, sort of this sort of um, dilemma. And so mm. I thought, okay, there is a kid that steals something and he's been um, punished, right? Yeah. But it, it's sort of the, the normal sort of Aladdin kind of thing, right? But he runs away and so she follows and sees where he goes and she notices that he's been, he stole something to feed his mother who no longer has work. And so this mm. hit, a, hit a string with my daughter who is only eight, remember? Um, and she was like, oh, this is a problem I have to solve. Forget about the quest that he, I have been sent on, but this is a problem I have yes. to solve. I didn't like initially, initially think that she was going to go down this rate, but you, you know, you, you yes and and you go. Yeah, of course. Um, and so she was like, okay, this woman needs a job. I have power. I can give her a job. So she asked, like, can you, can you help me in the castle and we will give you a job? And I was like, this is awesome. But then I started thinking, like, okay, let's, let's, let's play into logistics, right? The, the yes and part. So mm-hmm. I was like, well, um, she said, the, this NPC, how am I going to let them know that you've told me this? Will you go back to, well, no, I'm, I'm currently going towards the thing. I can't go back. I gotta, we got, this is an important thing. How am I going to let them know that I have given you permission to have a job in the thing, right? So now there's <laughs> yeah. this sort of dilemma. And so she goes like this. She goes, hmm. And she kind of taps her, her face with her finger. And then she goes, I've got it. And she stands up, but we're going to need a bunch of bunnies. And I 
looks like. What? <laughs> what? Uh, what do you mean? What? How is this? She she was like, I I know that I can speak with animals, right? And I was like, Yeah, you can speak yeah. with animals. Okay, cool. So I'm gonna get a bunch of bunnies and I'm gonna tell them what it is, and they're gonna go back to the castle. And they're going to tell everybody at the castle that you are supposed to have a job here. And so that was her whole plan is like, I'm going to need a bunch of bunnies. <laughs> I love it. I love this plan. So Absolutely. Good. Board. Yeah. Oh, so this is literally good. the family unit I want to have in the future. Like, yeah, I'm going to be yeah, GMing. And, Sounds yeah. magical. Flash yeah, yeah, yeah. forward a couple of years. That's what I yeah. want to happen. I want, yeah, to be exactly. that, that, I want that to be happening Goals. in my house. So uh, now in, in our house, when there's like, when we need to solve a problem, we're always like, well, I'm going to need a bunch of bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely amazing. That's so good. I love that. Uh, oh, that's so cute. Did anything spring to mind for you, Morgan? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, man, this is this is not as great as this. I, I can never be as cute as kids. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, a couple years back, when it was still in the playtest version, uh, I got together all of my friends who are into uh, magical girl anime, and we played the playtest of Girl by Moonlight. Um, which okay, is, that sounds great already. Which is a game I've been. <laughs> super stoked about uh ever since and dying for it to come out um uh mm. and it's it's not my uh that's not my genre specifically the girl by moonlight uh like play set that i was the most interested in was the one that was a little bit more like you know the big mecca space opera one um but you know mm. i i i knew I had a bunch of friends that were really into it so i got them together and that that system is like so good at provoking the group to create really compelling interpersonal relationships and so you know even though it was just a one shot we were running by the time we were done with the um with the initial like question answering phase at the start of it like there was this like just intricate web of like this person's in love with this person but it's unrequited and this person's in love with this person but they haven't had the courage to speak it yet and it just led to this epic moment at the very end where uh they were confronting the secretly villainous mentor of one of the characters and it just became this like crazy dramatic scene because of the way that the dice rolls went where they revealed their villainy and the person lunged in with uh you know like a with a with their sword to the love interest with this the whole unrequited thing <gasps> no and we just had one of those like ridiculously melodramatic moments of the like of the uh, of the person who had never spoken of their love like leaping in front of the blade and like yes. taking uh almost a fatal wound it's it's based on the blades in the dark system uh that like one mm -hmm. step uh below fatal wound uh and then like confesses their love like on the sword blade <gasps> yes. of their mentor who had betrayed <laughs> them and it was just one of those like wow. over the top melodramatic wow. moments that like I love games that can create stuff like yeah. that. It's like what, <laughs> I, I feel like it's one of those sessions drama. where you leave and you're like, I need to like go play just like a mundane video game or something <laughs> unwind. You know what Switch I mean? Like I brain. need yeah. to like, ooh, like I need to get mm -hmm. that out of my system somehow because mm -hmm. I'm not gonna sleep <laughs> like this. Yeah. I had that very. <laughs> I'm recently not gonna stop thinking about it. I'm not gonna stop writing fan fiction about it. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. Jasper, you played a game recently. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's literally I have We were tra we were like traveling back from the game and just like talking about it like oh so tired so tired cut to like three hours later we're still there talking about it like yeah, and then this bit and then this bit you know what I mean it's just yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. We, got, we gotta go to bed it's like we gotta we gotta end this um mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. That's, well, that's the moment it, I play for. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I, exactly. That's exactly it. I think. Especially like, mm. it, and, and when systems can draw that out in like a one shot, like we had mm. no time with these characters mm. and we're falling into these moments. So good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, feels like such a, a wonderful, uh, like sweet spot, especially which I think only TTRPGs can give you. You know, yeah. only that kind of like intense yeah. role playing experience gives you. And I think part of the reason why we all still play them and we we love them so much, and why you guys uh, do such amazing work over at Roll Twenty. So, uh, mm-hmm. all that's left for me to do is to say thank you so much for giving up your time to come on, yeah, talk to us, and tell us you. about Roll Twenty. I'm really, really uh, excited for everything that you've got coming in the future. It sounds like you've got some really epic stuff coming down the line. And so uh, the last thing is just to sort of throw over to you guys. If there's anything that you would love our listeners, anything else that you'd love our listeners to know about, anything you want to plug. Uh, and also if uh, if you're sort of online and whatever, and uh, people can follow you where people can do that as well. Uh, yeah. Whoever wants to uh, sort of jump in. Well, I'm, uh, I'm geek stress. Uh, like it looks like geek stress on social media. Um, <laughs> uh, and, uh, uh, and also I can send over some links. I would love it. If there are people who are interested in getting involved as content creators or, you know, publishers or, or, you know, indie creators who want to get started, I'll send you all some links to share with your viewers about how they can get set up with that stuff. Um, We'd love to do that. We'll we'll pop all those links uh, into the description below. So mm-hmm. whatever podcasting mm-hmm. app you're using right now, if you go into uh, below, there'll be all of those links uh, there. So that yeah, that'd be lovely. Yeah. Thank you. And Thank you. you know the reason why we're out here doing you know why we're 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 trying to get out and be you know more publicly facing Andrew and I is really to like solicit more feedback, engage more in, in an open dialogue with folks. So please take us seriously. Give us feedback by whatever mechanism cool. uh, you want to, and then you know. We're happy to come back if you see something that we do that's exciting that you want to talk about in the future. Even if you yeah. feel yes. very strongly about that and can't, yeah, can't if you uh, want to yell modulate your response. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we want to hear even well, that feedback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, this I think is such it's a golden so, opportunity. It's, like, it's so nice yeah. to see. Yeah, it's, it's so lovely to have people speak so candidly about, like, you know, what mm. you want to do, where you feel like you're at, where you want to go. You know, I think that's a really, really lovely thing, and I think it will definitely encourage people. Uh, you know, I can, I can already imagine it would encourage a lot of our listeners to kind of be more active in sharing that feedback. Where you know, normally you might just go, "Oh, well, it probably nothing will probably happen," and you yeah, know, it's not super important. It. I'll just, you know, I'll just leave it. So, uh, yeah, I think it, it, this is a doing an absolutely amazing job. So uh thank yeah. you um yeah andrew yeah so uh you can follow me on twitter uh ac searles is my twitter handle um uh, i i do some stuff there um you can also <laughs> uh, uh i have a podcast that i do uh well i haven't Ooh. done it in a long time but it's called the artificers portal um and it talks mm-hmm. about huh? how technology is changing the way we play um and it talks with some of the mm. some of the people that create technology and um, why they're doing it, and should they be doing it? <laughs> how they should be doing it? Uh, it's more of a sort of a industry like podcast where we're yeah. trying to shape and understand and have intelligent conversations around the sort of confluence of technology and role playing games. Mm-hmm. So Heck it's yeah. a topic I love. Yeah. Very cool. Amazing. Well, uh, yeah, once again, thank you so much for, for giving up your time and uh, talking to us about this. Uh, uh, Liv, uh, where can people find Hello. you on the internet? 
Oh, I'm I'm about on the internet. You can find me over on Twitter. I'm at Does Dark Magic. You can find me on most other platforms at, as Olivia Does Dark Magic. That's that's correct. Yes. Um, you can also find us on YouTube. Uh, YouTube.com forward slash three black halflings. This is number three uh, black halflings. Um, there's a bunch of stuff and we're going to be recording some stuff soon. It's going to be very fun. And I haven't told Jeremy and Jasper what it's going to be. And I'm very excited <laughs> to see your reaction. Yes, I'm so, that's just been like, like a, hey, I've yeah. got another video idea. You know, guys, free. You guys free? And yeah. I'm like, okay. When you're yeah, free. When you're okay. free. We'll be free. This is fine. <laughs> yeah. this. Then I just giggle and scuttle away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah lips and scuttle. Um, sure. Yeah. I, that's so true. So me. Um, I'm also uh, over on <laughs> never. Oh, ABS. Always be scuttling. <laughs> that's what I say all the time. I think that's used uh, for something else, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I don't think so, Andrew. Nah. I think it's ABS. Always be scuttling. I always uh, be scuttling. <laughs> of, like the opening of Glengarry Glen Ross, but instead of Alec Baldwin, it's Liv. it's me Liv can you just say fuck you that's my name real quick (laughs) fuck you that's my name no it's more somebody's like what's your name and you're like fuck you that's my name Oh, I yeah. see. Oh, yeah, Fuck they, you. That's my name. There we go. Nice. <laughs> is, that, is that okay? Yeah, is that that's amazing. Apologies, Morgan and Andrew. For uh, just swearing in front of you <laughs> twice. Um, but yes, also, I do a bunch of other tabletop, all the tabletop things, board games and RPGs and card games, all of those things over on Dicebreaker. YouTube.com forward slash Dicebreaker is a thing that I'm on. Thank you. Nice. And Jeremy, uh, where can people find you on the Tintwebs? You can find me uh, at Jeremy. Jeremy Cobb one on Twitter and uh, that's Cobb with two B's and the number one also on Instagram at the Cobbmeister. Uh, you can find me on the quantum reactor, a, a sci-fi movie review Jeez. podcast that I do with my buddy, Andrew Coons. You can follow us at Q reactor show and find the quantum reactor wherever pods are cast. Uh, and also I've been streaming recently. You can find me Ooh. streaming uh, as of the, this recording. I've been streaming uh, the game fallout new Vegas on two, Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, starting at 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, We're calling this the Ballad of Slamtacular Stan, because that is my character's name. I'm playing a character named Slamtacular Stan, uh, and I'm slamming my way across Mm -hmm. the Mojave Wastes. Uh, So come come check that out on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash casualquestlive. So come check that out uh, and follow the the Ballad of Slamtacular Stan. How about you, you, Jasper? You can also find Jeremy, I just want to say, you can also find Jeremy Ooh. after this recording on Twitter at Jeremy Roll 20 Cobb. You'll be able to yeah, follow yeah, yeah. a lot of his activities. You'll be able to follow yeah, a lot of stuff on yes, that. Yes, my so, side account. Just retweeting everything Roll 20 announces. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy's legally just only like, allowed to wear wow. Roll 20 merchandise when he leaves the house yeah. now. Mm-hmm. By the way, uh, Andrew, I wanted to talk to you about that. Uh, how many it. figures were we talking on this? How many figures? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like two. I think it was two. Was it two? Two with several zeros behind it. Front? Yeah, that's right. a, yeah, a, a two yeah. followed by zeros. Uh, yeah. That's funny. Uh, you can uh, follow me on social media at JW underscore Cartwright. Uh, I am a uh, semi-permanent guest on uh, Games and Feelings uh, and uh, the uh, Performance Capture podcast. I was recently did a couple Ooh. bonus episodes uh, of 8-Bit Book Club over on NADPOD, uh, which was a ton Ooh. of fun, so go listen to those. And uh, yeah, we've got a bunch of stuff happening over on our 
Patreon, uh, including some, uh, hopefully, some new and exciting uh, changes over there. So if you want to check that yeah. out, the links are all below, but it's patreon.com uh, forward slash TB Halflings. Uh, you can follow the show at three black halflings. That's the number three black halflings on all of our social media. We've got much. We got YouTube's. We got all the things. Check it out. Thank you so much again to our amazing guests for today. Uh, I'm Woo! very excited to uh, uh, to dive more into to roll twenty stuff and uh, in the future. And uh, yeah, I hope you all are too. But until then, we will talk to you next week. So long, Shire folk. So long, so Shire. Long, Shire folk. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. beautiful. We're done. Thanks so much, guys. Uh, Ooh, appreciate it. Thank you so much, both. Stage friend. It's too late. That was a HeadGum Podcast.